Hey, welcome to Flynn's Lair. Uh, this week I have my friend Lou on. I've known Lou for a while now. We were in a band back in the day, back in Yuma, Arizona. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a guitarist, singer. He, uh, yeah, he's a really cool dude that I have known for a long time. And uh, he's, I was able to talk to him. This is a phone interview, just as a heads up. Uh, Lou is a truck driver, so he's out on the road, so I wasn't able to get him in person. Although next time he's we're in the same city, we will definitely be having an in-person interview with him. But uh, yeah, so this week, uh, I'll let you guys get to the episode. This week is Lou. yourself pretty well yeah and it's, okay and you can hear me as well yeah it's a little quieter than the other headphones but it's a lot more clear which is okay important. I'll, I'll, I'll try to you know speak a little speak up a little bit um all right <laughs> so who are you oh i love i love that question that's always always my favorite question oh. i actually i actually do this thing because i have kind of a an active imagination, you know, where I always feel like I'm a bit bigger than I am. So I actually like to play this game. Mm-hmm. It's called Who Am I Not? Who and I think not? it's easier to say for a certainty what you are not uh, as opposed to who you are. And it kind of comes together like, uh, for example, I'll say things like, you know, I am not a hero, mm-hmm. which is you know, it helps dispel any illusions brought on by, you know, illusions of grandeur. Part of the reason I love, you know, video games and things is because it lets you feel like a hero. But in real life, that's not appropriate. Or uh, I am not a genius, you know, and yeah. stuff like this kind of whittles it down to a, a realism. And I think that helps me get closer to the answer then. Because if I had to say, who am I? I'd be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, super deep traveling folk musician who's trying to change the world with his music, and I, I'm not sure that's accurate. <laughs> I'd say that's maybe but it a little bit good. accurate. <laughs> For sure. Uh, well, uh, can we get your name? <laughs> oh yeah, my uh, my name is Lucas, or Lucas. I I typically go by Lou. Lou, just because right. I feel like it's just more. I don't know, it feels warmer. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I get you. I will, I will refer to you as Lou, then. So, how you been? How, how are things, man? It's been it's been a while since we talked. It has been a long time. Um, when was the last time we hung out? I think it was... You came through Phoenix, I think. Because uh, you were going to the Jerry... Uh, Gary Johnson. I was going to say Jerry Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was before I was even a driver, so that must have been like half a year or more ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we we hung out, we jammed and stuff. But it was good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. How, how's it going out there on, on the road? Good. I really enjoy this job. I've been doing this, like I said, for like just over half a year now, and I love it. I've only been home twice since I started, once for like one week, and uh, before that for a few days. So this next time, because it's relative, like depending on how long out you stay for a period with the company, on the road, they give you so much time back home. So I've been out 
I'll probably be out about four months straight by the time I go back this time, which means I'll have like over two weeks off straight, just vacation nice. time, just chill it. That's awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah, That's man. how I like it. A lot of these other guys, they have like families and stuff, and they're like, they go out for like four weeks and go home for like three or four days, and it's like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like I never relax that way. No, it's that—that's no that you know. There's you have to have a good ratio of time where you're just kind of being yourself, not having to worry about driving all the time. You know. Exactly, and also the way they do it, they're kind of they. It's called home time when you go and take your time off, mm-hmm. and so they're like getting by till the next home time. Whereas me, I look at it differently. I've got a different perspective. I look at it like. This right now is my home time. I live in this truck. I spend 80% of my life in this truck. Right. So this is just my life. You know, I drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write sick where I can. You know, I try to see the towns when I'm stopped for a prolonged period. And then anytime I get that I don't have to drive, it's not home time. That's vacation time. So it feels like a bonus, you know, instead of like, yeah. like I'm always working. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a yeah, like you said, it's a vacation rather than just like your weekend or whatever to everyone else. Exactly. So, uh, we've known each other for God. It's been a long time. Uh, that's like six years, I think. Uh, we met in like 2011, I think, or maybe 12. So maybe it hasn't been. I'm not long. really. I'm not really good with years, but uh, we met. Did we know each other before Elephant? I think I met you at uh, Liz's birthday party. Because uh, were you playing in Relentless Resentment? I was. Yes. Then I. Yeah. yeah, you were. Oh. Okay. You guys played that the birthday party she had in her backyard, and. God, so much fun. Yeah, that was a good time. I, I remember. It was a good. It was a good show. Uh, that was one of the first live performances, actually. Yeah, I remember Jimmy was, uh, yeah, he was hooting and hollering, and you guys were getting down. It was good. Um, yeah. But, so, I wanted, because we, we eventually, like, met each other when we joined Elephants on the Roof, and, uh, you know, played in that band for a while. But, so I wanted to ask, because I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, like, how you got into music, like, what got you started on playing guitar, and and singing and stuff? I'm not really sure what triggered it. I remember very vividly. I have bad long-term memory, by the way. So, like I said, I'm not good with years. I'm not really good just with memory in general. But I have very vivid memory of getting my first guitar. It was on one of my birthdays. I was probably maybe maybe 14 years old or so, maybe 13. Yeah. And I got a a little first act acoustic, like $50 acoustic or whatever for my birthday. And I don't remember why. I don't remember if I asked for it or or what, but I got it and I, I wanted it. Um, yeah, you, you wanted to. So I got, yeah, I wanted to try it. And then there's this very specific memory of me sitting in my room shortly after having acquired this guitar and just fiddling with it. It came with like little note cards like here's how to make a G chord and that but I wasn't really at that point yet I was just kind of playing notes and then I was playing I think it was on the E string and I stumbled upon uh, like you know a major interval and this is how I learned music I really don't I haven't much studied music I just kind of find 
scale intervals and stuff sure. on my own and yeah, memorize. I am as well. You know, you just kind of find your little patterns and you and you realize yeah. that you can move them up and down the neck. So yeah, I'm trying to do more official study, but and at that time, so I found this little interval and I one of the first things I played on guitar was I had discovered the riff from Brown Eyed Girl. I was playing that on the E string and it almost brought me to tears. I was like, oh my God, this is, I mean, it resonated. It was clear. I was creating this amazing, temporary, but moving force. And it moved me. And in that moment, I realized what it meant, what the difference was between listening to music and creating it. And pretty much since that exact moment, I've just been smitten with the drive, the desire, the, the, the you almost fell, power. You fell in love with it. Creating. That's great. Uh, uh, that's, really a, even that's, just, that's an amazing story. <laughs> right. That's, See, that's, that's, <laughs> that's why I play the I'm not game, because I have a way with words, and I like to make everything sound so much bigger than it is. Yeah, but also, also, you know that that you that mo- that was a a resonant moment. You know, it kind of because I I I kind of like to believe that some things are meant to be, and it was it was right. it was at that moment that you kind of locked into something that would propel you in a direction that you you know would love, and and it would it was a really big thing. So I think it has some significance and some some cosmic weight to it. You know, that first moment when you play. Like I think mine was painted black, and I was like super stoked on it. Nice. Yeah, I was super stoked. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so, how old were you when you got that with that guitar again? Sorry, I I think I forgot. I'm not super certain. I want to say around thirteen. Let me think, because I had just started playing mm-hmm. for the first time before it was before middle school. Right. Uh, which I remember because of a girl I was with around the time. And so, how old are you in sixth grade, typically? In sixth grade? I believe I was 11. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, in sixth grade? Yeah, I think I was 11. I mean, I was I was born in the middle of the summer, so I always had, like, you know, the, the perfect age for each uh, grade or whatever. Everyone was always a little right. older than me. Yeah, then I was probably twelve or thirteen. Okay. That's yeah. That's uh, wait. Oh. <laughs> no, see, I'm getting it wrong. It was it wasn't before middle school. It was before high school. Oh, so you would have been in middle school. So oh. it would have been like you were like thirteen. Yeah, probably. 12, yeah, twelve or thirteen. About 13. Yeah. See, I'm super bad with ages and times. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Um, so the guy's job is all scheduling. <laughs> yeah, well, getting into that, you are a uh, you are a truck driver. I sure am. Yeah, man, that's uh, I that's been kind of a recent development that's fascinated me. Honestly, it's really cool. I think it's a it's a very noble tradition. I think you know to kind of you know you guys run the country pretty much. You know, we wouldn't get anything without you. I would I wouldn't get right. That. I wouldn't get my, you know, Frosted Flakes without you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> not to demean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but No, not at all. I love that. I, I, was, I was laughing because I like, I like that so much. Like, I am 
the deliverer of the Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do, love it. What do you traditionally, like, is there anything, like, do you, like, oh, I haul, you know, uh, milk, because I've seen those milk trucks or whatever. Is there something that you usually are pulling, or is it vary pretty often? It varies uh, quite a bit, but I do pull a lot of um, food stuffs. Like, right now, I've got a trailer, not a trailer full, but I've got a load of uh, fresh chicken that I'm taking to dis- to uh, different groceries around, uh, excuse me, Chicago. But I haul a lot of potato products. I've hauled, you know, several loads of just raw potatoes, which is funny because you learn a lot in this business. Like, you don't realize how the industry works. When they load raw potatoes, they have this little machine. It's kind of like a conveyor belt, but like high force. So they shoot a stream of potatoes, like you back your truck up to it, yeah. and they shoot this stream of potatoes. It's just in piles in your truck, and they have you pull forward slowly, and they just shoot it in and pile it up, and they close up the doors. And then when they have to unload this, uh-huh. they have this machine. You back your trailer up onto this platform, or they'll usually, usually you drop it, and they'll move it for you onto the special platform. And it just lifts the trailer up, tilts it over with the doors what? open, and dumps them. Yeah, like dumping out a can of beans into a pot. They just lift the trailer up, dump out those potatoes, let it all kind of fall out, drop Drop it, and then you can wow. take your trailer away again. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? You'd never think. I got a picture of it. Leave my mind. You got to send me that. <laughs> um, yeah. that's in, that doesn't even seem efficient. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, how, how would you it's do not. that? It's a lot of small potatoes, because, you know, the, the floors of the trailers are kind of grooved. Yeah. And there's usually, like, fine layer of smaller potatoes all the way on the bottom that has to get washed out by a uh, power, power washer. Oh, well, yeah, see, that's just wasting potatoes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it's just, it does, it seems silly, like... Yeah. But And I haul a lot of um, prepared foods. I once had a trailer that was all McDonald's fries. Specifically, the boxes were labeled McDonald's. Oh, jeez. Like 40,000 pounds of Mickey D's fries. Dang. And so it's stuff like that. I move a lot of food around. Other than that, I'll do, like, miscellaneous loads for Walmarts or... Home Depot's. Oh, okay. Right That's on. general goods. Gotcha. Uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, I want to say, well, I can do the math. I've been out here for about three and a half months so far. Yeah. Before this, I was out for two, so that's six and a half. And then before that, I was out with my trainer for one month. Okay. And so that's seven and a half. Dang. Seven and a half months. Okay. Yeah, it was just over half a year. Yeah. No. Almost three full. How... How are you liking it? How's how's it treating you? I like it a lot uh, because the way I approach it in that I get out of the truck when I can. I try to explore towns when I get the opportunities. I'm, you know, recording music in the back, and yeah. you know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think about home until it's really time to go back. So, I mean, I enjoy it. It time seems to move pretty quick out here. Like it seems like the summer just, you know, went and gone. You know, it's. I definitely understand. It's weird, that. but I, I love yeah. it. Uh, so what what was the um, the impotence for you? Uh, not impotence. That's not the word, Andrew. What was the spark that kind of got you into truck driving? Like, what was the thing that drew you in? Was it like the advice of somebody you knew, or what? What got you interested in it? That's actually kind of funny because I never wanted to be a truck driver. I didn't really want to have anything to do with it. Yeah, I, like I didn't see the benefits. But I was with this girl, uh, the last, my 
most recent uh, girlfriend, we broke up now, obviously. I'm out on the road for four months at a time. Um, but we were together for a long time, and she always wanted to be a truck driver. She wanted to either drive garbage trucks or semi-trucks. And for a while, she actually drove a small uh, produce box truck locally in the town, uh, you know, Yuma, where we're from. Yeah. And uh, so she was looking into a government, um, well, excuse me, into a government program to get funding to go to trucking school to get her CDL mm-hmm. so that they would pay her way so she could get her get fully licensed. And uh, she was telling me about this. And she was like, you know, this is something you could do, too. They told me to look for people. And uh, and then she started telling me about, you know, the kind of money they make and um, and stuff like that. So really, ultimately, it started off as primarily a financial decision. I realized, you know, I can make good money. Mm-hmm. I can get my licensing for free uh, with full endorsements if I get approved through this program. Right. And then um, also get on the road. I've always loved traveling. I've always loved road trips. Um, for a long time, I wanted to get like a, a camper and do a sort of gypsy caravan thing, travel around the country playing music. Right. And so it seems like mostly it was a financial. Yeah. And I'm kind of there now. I mean, that's, that's mostly what I do. I drive around the country, seeing different towns and I write and play music. I haven't got a chance to actually get out to perform. Um, because in the places I want to perform, like, you know, Portland or friggin' Nashville or whatever. The venues where they have open mics yeah. are, it's kind of hard to get in because obviously it's a big city. They're like narrower performance times. And they're like, oh, you get 10 minutes or two songs. And I'm like, I'm going to get a cab to go 30 miles to get 10 minutes or two songs, maybe if I sign up early enough, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, so I want to start uh, trying to schedule things ahead of time. You know, oh, well, I got this load going to. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama, or Chicago, Illinois, I'll be there the 25th, or, you know, what have you, and then, you know, be a little more proactive instead of opportunistic. Yeah, that's good. Well, I was going to, because you mentioned earlier that you are recording uh, songs out there on the road. Yeah. Uh, What's that, what what is that like? Because I feel like, you know, uh, what you write is kind of, it's a little bit based on your environment. So what's it like traveling so often and being in new places, and all, but also you know, writing and playing music? How, how does that feel? It's funny that you link the two about traveling and writing because currently I have three songs recorded for my CD, like pretty much fully recorded. They just need a little more mixing so I get them just right. Yeah. Um, and two of those three songs I've written in the last few months on the road. They're brand new songs that I've never performed uh, written, you know, mm-hmm. in trance. Yeah. And they're both, I don't know if this is indicative of the lifestyle or just the kind of music I've been listening to. Because uh, I'll tell you one thing, there's, there's little that's as fun as rolling down a rural country highway somewhere in Alabama listening to old country music like freaking Jerry Reed and Billy yeah. you know, <laughs> Nelson just, just jamming out, <laughs> long hauling. But so I've been listening to a lot of folk and country, and uh, those two songs that I wrote and put on my CD, one of them's got a real kind of jazzy ragtime upbeat feel to it. Like I really want to put a piano in there eventually, mm-hmm. and the other one is kind of a classic, uh, sort of a blues chord structure, but played at a more 
more of an up tempo, so it has that kind of country feel. Yeah, and uh, there's there there are literally lyrics in it about broken old trucks, so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's got that vibe. Even though I don't sing country, it's got that undertone. Right. What's your recording setup like out there? It's it can be difficult because I just have this little space in the back of the truck. I have a, co- a desktop computer is how I do most of my recording. So when I have it all set up, I got my monitor out, you know, in front on a little, on a cooler on the floor. Uh-huh. And then I have my keyboard and mouse stretched out to my bed, which is where I sit to get access to my desk and my computer. And then I have to plug in a USB mic, so that stretches across to the desk. And then I have um, to run headphones from the computer to my head so that I can listen to the last track and record the next one. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I have my guitar sometimes with like, you know, other stuff around. I have my amp plugged in over there, my bass leaning. I have harmonica stacked up over here, and so it, it quickly becomes kind of claustrophobic. Where I'll be sitting on my bed with my guitar, you know, pointed at the mic, and if I move a little bit, there's just well, there's just wires everywhere. Oh no! Well, so I yeah. have to get like set up into this position where I can access the computer, the mic, and and have the instrument. And, like, I find myself really sitting and spending, like, you know, an hour or two just, uh, you know, EQing the mic for various instruments, uh, Mm -hmm. figuring out how I want this song structure to be, usually recording the same track two or three times until I get it, like, just right, like, performed properly with, like, no missed notes or, um, like, bad tonality, like... um, excessive string squeaks and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so I would say on average, it, would, it can take me like 12 hours of work to record a single song mm-hmm. to the point where it's ready to mix and remix and potentially re-record certain tracks if they don't sound like they're quite syncing up. Um, like, if I had a whole day and nothing else to do, I could probably take a song and put it into one of these recordings. Uh, but it wouldn't exactly be done. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, is it? So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Uh, I was just gonna say. So situationally, it's not optimal, but it's fun. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm glad you've. You. I. I've. I've always seen you as kind of a person with ingenuity, and it's cool that you found a way to. You know. Uh, even in in which is that sounds really. I don't know. That's that's a very cool image to me. It's like you sitting in your truck, like surrounded by wires and instruments. And like recording a song. Right. That sounds. That looks pretty. That's uh, that's awesome. I, I I'm glad you're you're making it work out there. Is I do have this kind of mental image of like this sort of uh like spaceship cowboy uh, sci-fi folk. <laughs> I don't know adventure. Is, that's it kind has, of my aesthetic. Yeah. Do you? So. How how long do you usually like go between like stops and getting sleep and stuff like that? Uh, well, it's pretty well regulated now. So luckily, um, there are. I say luckily, it's it's bittersweet because I can't be pushed past a certain a certain point by my company or scheduling necessity because right. the logs are electronic now. There's a little built in. Uh, it's kind of like a tablet, but mine's a little older, so it has a keyboard and uh, it monitors the truck so like um in truck drivers they have four duty states on duty 
which is working but not driving, where you're, you know, checking out the mechanics of the truck, you're dealing with customers. There's driving, which obviously is rolling road time. Right. And you have two not working uh, stages, so you kind of clock in and out of those. But, like, if, if the truck rolls up to, like, 15 miles an hour for, you know, a mile, it automatically clicks over into drive. I don't have to uh, clock into that. It'll do it automatically, which is which is nice. It makes it easier. It keeps easier track of my logs. Otherwise, I'd have a little book, and I'd constantly be trying to remember times and distances and, and all that. But at the same time, there's no leeway. There's no play with it. You can't be like, well, I'll just drive 11 and a half and, you know, say I did 11 because you'll never know. That's not an option anymore. That also is very illegal. So even back in the day, it shouldn't have been an option, but, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot free, of free... Oh, uh, but I guess, sorry, Go ahead. specifically to your question. Um, so it's, I usually work about 10 or 11 hours a day on, uh, on like long drives. Like this last one I had went from about, uh, uh, from Oregon State to Atlanta, Georgia. So it was like five days or so of driving. So in that instance, usually there's like nine or ten hours of driving plus like an hour or two of, you know, on-duty working time between, uh, you know, inspecting the truck before and after driving, uh, fuel stops, uh, stuff like that. Right. So on long hauls, I can spend 12 hours of the day working. But then after that, once I stop, I have to be stopped for at least... 10 hours before I can start driving again. Right. And uh, usually I, you know, have a little extra time around that where cause I mean, if I work for 12 hours, you know, I've got 12 hours to do whatever. So it, it still kind of works out where I get, I get all the sleep I need as long as I can sleep, you know, I get insomnia sometimes, but uh, for the most part, I just get all the sleep I need time wise and, and still have time to take care of, my personal stuff. Sometimes scheduling is tight and I'll be driving 10 and a half hours a day. So I'm like, you know, work for 13 hours and then go straight to sleep and get up and work for another, you know, 12, 13 hours. Mm-hmm. And those trips are rough. Cause then you're like, Fuck, my laundry's stacking up. Like yeah. <laughs> I got garbage bags in here. I got to throw up. <laughs> but for the most part, you can make it work out to where it's, you know, it works for you. Yeah. Do you, so you were saying you listen to um, like country stations and a lot of music. Have you gotten into yeah. like have you have you gotten into any other ways of like entertaining yourself for those distances? Like I know when I have to drive like even like, you know, to Yuma, which is just three hours, I still will throw mm-hmm. on like a few podcasts. That's not, is there anything else besides music that you like listen to while you're driving? I have um I have been looking into more like I also on my Pandora I also get comedy, so I'll do that sometimes, but um I'll, I, a lot of the time I listen to NPR. If I'm just not feeling music, yeah. then, you know, you, you should get good, you know, news stories and, like, personal interest pieces. Sometimes you get tired of the same news cycles, just like you get tired of the same music cycles. And uh, I have been looking into more podcasts, um, specifically, like, tech-based ones. Like, I actually got an app called Tech Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was listening to this one. Uh, it's a podcast of, actually of a radio show in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, yeah, it's called uh, Computer Guru. Mm-hmm. And it's like a radio show on AM radio where, you know, he just talks about him and his, you know, people talk about tech stuff, you know, stuff happening in technology news, and people call in with their IT problems. 
mm-hmm. and he kind of gives him a little quick uh, advice on the phone, and then he's like, you know, if you still have trouble, call the shop, because Computer Guru is a computer repair shop in Tucson, oh. and that's their, like, outlet show, but it's funny. It's not like, it sounds kind of corporate, but it's like... No, each... that sounds great. I, I love that kind of stuff. Like, there's... Yeah. The, I'm sure you've heard Car Talk, if you've been uh, listening to NPR. Or it's it's right. Jerry and Mike, I think. I forgot the guys' names, but yeah. Oh, just, the brothers, they just... Yeah, they just talk like, about cars. Like, <laughs> rap. I love that. It. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, what have you... Uh, have you have you been listening to any uh, music, any new kind of music, maybe besides country, or is that kind of mainly what you've been digging into lately? Well, I still have the full range, you know. Like I listen to country when the when the mood is right, but I still listen to a lot of good indie rock. I've got like Strokes, Stations, uh, Modest Mouse, The mm-hmm. Struts, you know, that good upbeat music where you get a lot of like the Blue Van and um, stuff like that. And uh, I've got obviously metal stations, you know, where I can listen to good heavy metal. Um, and then I have country. I have a country state, a country station, which is very that upbeat, you know, uh, more swinging sort of Dixieland country. And then I have another one that's it's in my John Prine station on Pandora, and that's a lot of like much slower country, more on the folk side. Yeah, I have also been listening to a whole lot of electro swing, which electro is this swing. beautiful kind of music. Yes, Electro Swing. To anybody who listens to this podcast, please look a little deeper into Electro Swing. It's like swing music, but electronic. And it's amazing. It's, it, it, it does to swing music what Scott did to reggae, you know, where okay. yeah. it's all the good things of swing and all the good things of like electronica and techno mm-hmm. put together with all the bad stuff cut away. Like it's so beautiful. And some of the artists I listen to in that respect are Caro Emerald. Uh, she's like got this very amazing kind of old school lounge swinger voice, but with a lot of good, really good beats and like swing music. There's this band, uh, Caravan Palace. Caravan Palace. Which is, I'm writing these down, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I have my little notepad here, and these are getting jotted down for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I don't uh, think I'm looking to. Oh, please, yeah, if you want to keep listing some stuff. Oh, I do. Um, there's, I think it's 11 Acorn Lane is another really good one. There's uh, usually a little funnier. Um, Petrov Stellar is another good one that is usually instrumental. That one's a little heavier on the electro, you know, kind of takes away from the swing, but it's still really good because it's got swing elements. Um, I Just, I guess, is sort of an idea. One of, one of the songs that comes up on my electro swing station is... It's a cover of the Star Wars Cantina song, and it's nice. it like plays parts of that with like a heavy techno beat and like other swing instruments added on top of it, and it's like a three or four minute song, and mm-hmm. it's just so amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. I I, I really like that uh, that Cantina song from Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, kind of a gross fact, I guess. The in the Star Wars universe, the genre of music that those guys are playing is a form of jazz called jizz. And <laughs> it's terrible. That's, yeah, like, it canon, it's jizz. Anyways, sorry, right. I just had to mention that because it, it's insane that that's a thing. 
That is amazing. I I want I want to get elbow deep in some jizz. I feel like I can really <laughs> pull it off <laughs> and really make that really yeah. make that jizz work. Yeah. Um. You, were, you, I think you. I think you mentioned video games earlier. What uh, have you been playing on your uh, on your desktop? Uh, is that what your yeah. main comp, what your main way of playing video games is? What's what you been getting into lately, man? Well, uh, as part of the uh, PC Gamer Master Race, I have access to <laughs> <laughs> any games I want. Really, I use Steam. Not those console plebs. Um. So I've. Um, I've been playing a lot of Fallout 4 just because, I mean, it's really open, so it's easy to waste a lot of time with. But uh, I've also, I like survival crafting games, so mm-hmm. I can play Seven Days to Die. Um, I just I just recently got Dishonored 2. Have you played either of the Dishonored games? I played the first one a little bit, and I enjoyed it. I haven't, I haven't gotten into the second one. I would recommend both of them very highly. Dishonored 2 is one of the rare instances where, like, a sequel to a media is exactly what a sequel should be, where it's everything good, you know, more of everything good from the first game Mm -hmm. and nothing unnecessary, you know? Like, it's just more of the good stuff. It's great. I mean, I really like it, especially since, like, you know, with Dishonored, there's this sort of steampunk... uh, witchcrafty vibe to the whole thing. Right. And you get you just get more of that in the second one. It's Have such you, a great oh, theme. No, you're good. I was going to ask if you've uh, checked out uh, the game Undertale. It's mm. uh, it's very, very good. I don't know if you've... Uh, it's on Steam. For I like, have it's But my brother's played it, and he highly recommends it. He says it's like video game artwork. Yes. Well, yeah. It's it's like I there were times in that game where like I felt it was you know I had a very emotional moment just from this video game, which isn't a, a usual thing for me. So it, I would very highly recommend Undertale. But it's a it was like came out like two years ago. It was created by this guy Toby Fox. He uh he got his start making mods for the game Earthbound for the Super Nintendo. It's a long story. Hi. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's really good. Uh, well, man, I think that's all the questions I had for you, but uh, I, I don't know is there if there's anything else you wanted to talk about on the podcast, anything you wanted to mention like uh, if you use, you know, if you are do you have like a band camp with your songs on it or anything like that? I don't um yet. I w- my plan is to get this CD put together mm-hmm. and then uh, print it. I want hard copies to give away at shows when I play. Yeah. And then once I have to give away, this this first CD is going to be like an EP. I want to put like seven or eight songs on there, fully recorded, all instrumentation, drums, bass, you know, the whole nine, and then just give it away to people. And, and at that point, once I have that ready, then I can put that up on, I want to get a band camp, um, Maybe maybe do like a SoundCloud, yeah. As well, just go you know create a Facebook page specific for like my performing and music, and just post like yeah, kids songs are... and videos. Yeah, SoundCloud's getting big, man. I mean, it's I mean, actually, recently I heard that SoundCloud might be filing for bankruptcy, which is kind of scary because the the podcast you're enjoying, listeners, Flenslayer is uh, supported on SoundCloud. So please support SoundCloud. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Uh, that they didn't pay me to do that. I just don't want my podcast to not have a hosting service. Um, 
Right? That's how capitalism works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all about demand. But, yeah, a lot of people have been, you know, have been discovered on SoundCloud, and it's kind of reaching more people. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, if you do get it, when you do get that stuff up, please let me know. I would love to, you know, I would love to shout it out on the podcast. Send some people your way. Yeah. Maybe by the time we can do an in-person interview, I'll actually have a have a disc or a website I can, I can you know, show people to. Oh, actually, I, I have a question for you. Oh. I want to know. How how did you record Cloud Sickness? Cloud Sickness. Did you do that in like a single run or uh, was it like multi? Yeah. So Cloud Sickness, I got uh, I got a laptop for my graduation present, and uh, it had it had Bandcamp on it, and so I was just kind of barely starting to play, but. I just kind of set the laptop and used the internal mic and just kind of played right at the laptop. And I just recorded. I didn't even do, like, headphones in like to do record the next track. I just, like, hit record and just kind of tried to hear it. So it, yeah. it kind of created this weird effect where the speakers were playing uh, the uh, metronome during the song, and I didn't realize it. It's, like, very faint in the background. You can hear the, the uh, click track. So yeah, it was, it was just a yeah, it was like a little multi-track thing, uh, you know, with uh, with the internal mic on my um, laptop, and yeah, that's how that one was created. The change dropping in the beginning is yeah was an accident because I was kind of beating on the countertop to make the drums, just like right hitting and slapping the countertop to make a beat, but I kind of accidentally knocked over some change. <laughs> And it worked. I, I, I was I kind of liked how it sounded, so I just left it in. And yeah, that's amazing. I, I was really wondering about the change effect. I was like, did he? It sounds too perfect. Like, did he pull it off the internet? Is it a sound bite, or did he just throw some change down on the table? But I love I love to hear that it was incidental and appropriate. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I was I was really happy with how that turned out, and I'm glad I get to use it for something, you know, because I I I wrote right. that like five years ago, and it's just been sitting on my hard drive. Um, but yeah, I so. like it a lot. It's good. I mean, Thank which you. is it's interesting how like, old for you. Like when I look back at my older songs, typically if a year or two has gone by, I look at it and go, "Oh God, what was I thinking? Why did I write this?" And then I just never play it again. Mm -hmm. But you have something that's like you know, OG, but it's, I don't know, it's got a really good feel to it. It's got a really good sincerity. When we get together, I hope you know, we're going to jam Cloud Sickness. And oh, we're gonna, for sure. We're gonna, I, I've, I've been wanting to get like a very, I mean, I love the recording I have. I really love the recording I have. I would never you know, want to change it, but I would like to record right. a version with some, you know, other musicians and some proper set up like drums or something. Yeah. That would be really cool. That um, would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on, man. I really, really appreciate it. I, I know you're I yeah. know you're busy out there, you know, driving all the time. That's uh, okay. You caught me on a good day where I have a bit of bit of leeway here. After this, I'm probably just gonna, you know, maybe play some music or you know, do some research or something. Right on. I've been. Um, do you are you a fan of Kurt Vonnegut? Uh, I am. I've been reading his books lately. I uh, really. Yeah, I just I just finished Cat's Cradle. It's amazing. It's a really good book, and I'm about to start uh, the Sirens of Titan, which is uh, his second book. 
and I heard about it because one of the creators for Rick and Morty is uh, adapting it for uh, TV, so I wanted to catch up on it, but yeah, I've I've been falling in love with Vonnegut again, because I read Slaughterhouse-Five in high school, but... Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just wanted to talk about Vonnegut a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what books of his have you read? Oh, um, I have read Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, that's a good one. Like, a, a long time ago, but... Mm-hmm. I don't think I've uh, read either of the other two you mentioned. Yeah, it's it's the ease. You know, he I I, I really dig him. Uh, I would recommend it. I mean, I have his books, so if you wanna, when we do see each other in person, I will definitely loan you. You know, one of those. He's, he's yeah, I'll just do that thing I like to do where I read the very last sentence in the book, but none of the rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I used to do that as a kid. I, when I would get a new book, I would look at and read the last sentence and then be like, okay, let's let's see what that. All that's leading up to, you know. Right. Yeah. Ah, well, all right, man. I I think it's about time uh, we we end this thing. Thank you so much for being on, Lucas. Uh, say goodbye to the yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, goodbye, people. Hopefully, uh, you will hear from me again. Yes, we will be doing an in-person interview with Lucas. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you.